Hello, my fellow music lovers. I'm Allison Hagendorf, and welcome to the show. This is where we celebrate the universal love of music and the rock and roll spirit that lives in each of us. Thank you so much for being part of the show. I would love for you to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube or follow the show if you're listening. I'm so glad you're here. My guest today is Seattle multi-genre rock star, Aaron Jones. We talk all about the spectrum of his Seattle sound, being discovered by both the Hendrix clan and Sir Mix-a-Lot, navigating the whirlwind of topping the charts and rising to fame, how he balances life on the road while being there for his beautiful family at home, and how he once took home a medal in the World Frisbee Championship. And stay tuned after the interview for my sound advice. New music you need to know. It all starts now. I'm so happy to see you. It's, it's been a minute. Too. Yeah, I know. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a, a minute. And you, and you have been very busy. Super. And Nonstop, uh, I yeah, feel like. Yeah, it's been, it's been all go, 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 go for me. Yeah. For like three, I would say like for like the last, what? Two years going on Two three years, now. Yeah. Start, start of the third year right now. Yeah, It's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. You know? I mean, but you're getting to see and feel the milestones, right? Yeah, it's happening. I mean, slowly. I mean, it's, it's hard. I mean, I, I was talking to um, to Eric Eric Bass from Shinedown uh, about this. We, were, we just had a plate fest, a festival. We just, he was sitting in my green room. We we're just talking about it. And, you know, we it's like you're moving at 100 miles an hour in a car, you know, yeah. but, but everything in this car is still and moving with you. Right. So you really don't get a chance to see the outside world until you slow down and stop for a minute. And every now and again, I'll get to stop and see how people react to me. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Right. <laughs> like, you know, why are you looking at me that way? <laughs> you know, you realize, totally. oh, you've been touring. Totally. You've gotten, you've got, you know, you've got seven top 40 hits. You've got, you know, uh, four top five hits, two number ones now, dude. It's like you're, you're, your life is different, you know. So, it's so different. Yeah. And and speaking of two number ones, most recently, of yeah. course, Blood in the Water. Uh, God, what a, a powerful, heart-wrenching song. Yeah, man. That's so, that's one of the very special things about you. One is your unique background, but your ability to incorporate your story into these poetic, heart-wrenching lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was what attracted me to you to begin with but when you go and write a song like blood in the water how do you get into this space because it's so painful to relive or be vulnerable like yeah how do you how are you, are you able to do that into your music i i think that the pain kind of wears off and that's mm -hmm. how i'm able to do that right yeah. like it's no i've already processed yes. it at this point and now i'm able to look back and reflect on it and and see how that pain like affected me but more so like the, the overall story, like how did it all come together? You know, and, and so, you know, Blood in the Water, you know, when they, they always ask you like, oh, what do you have to say about this, this song? And I, I really couldn't put it into words at first. I was like, a trauma this, trauma that, and like transforming. I mean, that's like, that's like a really band-aid statement for what, what the song is really about. The song is really about the irony mm -hmm. of being born to these parents that society wrote off, you know, and yeah. becoming who I am today. You know, yes. I'm the child of, of, of like a former like pimp and a gangster uh, who had like 15 kids, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and and my mom who was just, you know, she just got herself in trouble young and uh, in the 90s and it was addicted to crack and drugs. Mm -hmm. And that was her life. She was on the streets all the time, you know. And so the, if you were to say, like, if I just said, yo, this is the, the child of a pimp and, and, and uh, a drug addict or get together to have a kid, what, what happens to that kid? You know, that's the dichotomy of it all. You know, yes. I, I became, you know, I am I am their beauty magnified now. You know what I'm saying? The beauty mm -hmm. within them that has been personified and I'm being put out to the world. That's what Blood in the Water is about. But it's like so many people, unfortunately, have had similar upbringings that were with, filled with trauma and pain, but of course have not accomplished what you've accomplished. Many privileged people yeah, yeah. have not accomplished what you've accomplished. Yeah. You know, do you ever take a minute to be like, wow, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually really proud of myself and, and where I'm at having an, a second number one yeah. and a beautiful family mm -hmm. and touring and you know, playing his amazing shows. You sort of have these out of body moments. Yeah, all the time, all the time. Especially when I'm at, at like playing in the middle of playing. Yeah. Especially you know we're, we're at these festivals. And Blood in the water. I mean, uh, as a song, it's probably my most popular song mm -hmm. um, overall. You know, even though we only had like a week this time. And last time, number one was Mercy. We did we did four weeks during the pandemic. You know, yeah. This song really only did one week, but I just it just hits so differently. I notice how how much more impactful it is. Even just even just you know. Hopping on a plane, I was I was on a, one of those shuttles from the, the rental car place into getting into a, the airport in Baltimore, and this guy looks at my guitar case. He goes, "Yo, 
you're Aaron Jones, you sing Blood in the Water. I was like, wow, that's crazy. Oh, that's cool. That's crazy, right? Because that's yeah. that, now now it's it's happening in places where you don't expect it to happen. You know, I go to a rock show, sure, but like when someone names your sees your name and names your song to your face, you know, it, it just hits differently, you know. And so, um, you know, for me, I think Blood in the Water just struck a nerve with a lot of people. You know, yeah. it really did because we live in a society uh, in America where we're kind of always forced to put on a face. You know what I yeah. mean? Like to kind of show our, our put our best foot forward and not really talk about our ratchet ass history and we're a ratchet country yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. ratchet people absolutely and, and i think it's just important you know i heard someone talking about how myself and jelly roll are two, two of the cats that are really talking about that yep. are able to be be you know even though we were these people that were born into situations that maybe weren't the healthiest or, or whatever we're still talking about these stories that a lot of people can relate to you know? well it's actually really empowering because like you said we live in a society where everything's filtered everything's mm -hmm. polished everyone looks like they're best in their instagram feed right. but to be able to be that vulnerable and be able to resonate with so many people, that's the most empowering. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's special. Yeah. I think that's the first time I heard your music. I was thinking about this. So I was like, okay, I remember the night that I first heard your music. I was at the Four Seasons with Bill McGathy and Michael Irado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're in a banquet and they're like, put headphones on me. And they're like, listen to this. Yeah. And it was, it was Take Me Away. Yeah. And I heard that song and I started to tear up. And I've told you that I can't listen to that song, honestly, without tearing up. Just yeah. the lyric, again, back to the lyrics and the storytelling. You just have such a gift right. to, to, to share this in such a powerful way. And I was like, wow, like what's happening here? Because I can hear so many different sounds, textures, influences, dynamics, you know, that I, I think is so unique to you. And knowing your influences. I yeah. mean, I think Prince is what one of your favorites, like your yeah. God. Of I mean, course, no, of I mean, Prince is the epitome of uh, just one Prince. Pop and rock together, man. That's the guy right there. I mean, come yeah. on. Um, but I feel like he has really made his mark on you. Just yeah. I, I hear so many different things. I think that's why you appeal to so many different people. Right. I mean, I, you know, that's, that's true. And, and really, you know, guitar wise, I think Jimmy was, was definitely up there too. Yeah, but, of course. But when I talk about, you know, my career as a radio artist mm -hmm. and not wanting to be stuck in a box and never wanted to just to, just to be a rock artist, even though my success comes from like mainstream rock. Right, you know, right, right. I always wanted to make music that was going to bring people into the genre, into what I was doing or vice versa, you know? Yeah. And so that's why it kind of has a bit of a, a pop appeal, uh, appeal too. You know, it, it has a bit of that. And definitely what Prince was the prototype when it came to that to me, you yeah. know? Yeah, of Even course. He was more of a pop artist, considered more a pop artist. I thought that he, what he did was take these things he loved about music and rock and roll and funk and soul and brought it into pop, you know? So I'm, I'm attempting to do the same thing, but in the rock genre. Now, because your background was so tumultuous, it was your aunt that really, that took care of you, mm -hmm. right? Yep, yep. And tell me more about discovering music and how you knew that was going to be your thing. So she was, uh, my auntie was married to... Um, uh, I mean, a touring musician. So, I mean, I, it took me a while to even realize this, that the inception of my, you know, my life, my career was right there, you know, yeah. like just being around this music and this, this really cool swaggy dude, you That's know, awesome. that like was exposing us to all these different, just like different, like, I'd go with him to the club when it was closed down, like it's the music club and it's this, this, I was like, man, this is the world was crazy to me. So that was really where it first started. Um, and then, you know, we go into church and stuff every, every Sunday. It's like, I, I kind of really got into music, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't maybe may not know this, but in, in poor communities and poor black communities, especially when you can't afford music lessons, you can't afford the voice lessons or the acting lessons or anything that stuff. Church was great for that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where I really started really getting into music right there. And it stuck with me. I, and the first thing I did was write, write songs. I didn't, I didn't just go into wanting to play an instrument because I wanted to play an instrument. I played the instrument because I wanted to write music, yeah, you know? Right. And so I've been writing music since I was a kid. Um, and it was right there, man. My auntie and my uncle were, were the two that, that influenced me the most when it comes to that. That's incredible. Yeah. What, what a silver lining of your situation mm -hmm. and a gift to have this exposure. 100%. You know, it kind of really helped to put you on a path. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about then turning to instruments? Like, where did you have the access? And you played several instruments before the guitar, right? I did, yeah, yeah. I did. I did. I picked up the violin. Uh, I taught myself how to play on the piano. Um, I had, you know, dabbled in, in the drums a little bit. I knew a little bit of harmonica from working with some blues cats, you know. So cool. Billy, Billy Branch was a, is a Grammy Award-winning blues artist out of Chicago. And he came out, uh, he had blues in the schools and that got me into, into playing blues, you know, really, really into blues. And, amazing. Uh, and then uh, guitar, I picked up at, at 13 and it all came together for me on the guitar at that on point. On the guitar. You know? wow. Yeah. And that's, where, and that's when I really found my voice, you know. 
That's incredible. The guitar was just like the magic for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It, was, it was something about it. I mean, I, I, you know, having a string instrument in my hand with the violin was like the start. And I really loved the violin, but it was, I was being taught classical music, which mm -hmm. helped me learn composition, arrangement, all those things. And yeah. like a little bit of music theory. theory yeah. But like when, when I picked up the guitar, I just felt like there was a voice there for me to, to, <sighs> to be spoken, you know. And then you kind of got started playing in trees. Hi, I'm Chris Gethard, and I'm very excited to tell you about Beautiful Anonymous, a podcast where I talk to random people on the phone. I tweet out a phone number, thousands of people try to call, I talk to one of them, they stay anonymous, I can't hang up, that's all the rules. I never know what's going to happen. We get serious ones. I've talked with meth dealers on their way to prison. I've talked to people who survived mass shootings. Crazy funny ones. I talked to a guy with a goose laugh, somebody who dresses up as a pirate on the weekends. I never know what's going to happen. It's a great show. Subscribe today, Beautiful Anonymous. Yes, is that right? I had my own power trio. You yeah, did, right? I had my own power trio, yeah. It was called Aaron Jones in the Way, which is funny because, I, I mean, you know, you don't think anybody's paying attention to you when you're, when you're just like an indie dude, you know, out there in a minivan with, with a, a lawnmower trailer full of your gear, you know. But, you know, I was in, uh, I don't even remember where we were on the East Coast or something. I, I feel like it was in New Jersey or something like that. And uh, some gal walks up and she goes, oh, yeah, Aaron Jones. My buddy said he saw you guys. You have a band called Aaron Jones in the Way. It was in San Francisco, and she said Aaron Jones in the Way. And I was like, "How did you know that name? What are you talking about? What are wow. you, how do you know this yeah. stuff?" You know. But yeah, I had a, a power trio uh, that had gotten big in Seattle, and apparently it started leaking out towards the you know towards the the, the Northwest region, North California, and all just that. Just all stuff. organically, all organically, like, man. Before yeah, the internet was even blowing up or anything, right. we were just going out there in a minivan and trying to get our stuff out there and heard. And um, but yeah, I had a power, power trio, and that's what started it off for me. And really, my guitar styling comes from that. You know, I learned how to play like Jimi Hendrix because Jimi had the perfect style for a power trio. Of you know? course. Or he played the, the chorus. He played yeah. the chorus and the solos at the same time. You know how to fill all this space up. That's where I started playing. Of course. And think about the famous trios there. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. of course, Jimi and Prince, the Revolution yep. and Cream. And yep. I, that's what I mean, man. Exactly. That's amazing. Exactly, so that yeah. makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Now, being from Seattle, what role did, did Seattle play for you and kind of getting to the next level? Because didn't Sir Mix a lot? Play yeah. a role in that early on. Huge role. Yeah. Huge role. He was. He was the 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 reason I'm here today, man. Honestly, Aww. like he, I learned a lot about music just playing in the clubs and doing all that stuff. But that was just jams, you know. I didn't know anything about recording music until really I I met with Mix, and that cat taught me how to like put songs, and he taught me how to like record music. He gave me all the advice in the world, man. He could don't go chasing yourself. I remember. I don't forget that one. This is one of the biggest pieces of advice he gave me. He said, "Listen, man, I went. I went. I had a platinum record. I went number one. What baby got back." All these things were happening for me. And the worst thing I could have done was try to chase myself. I tried to outdo myself purposefully, consciously outdo myself and so let it, it organically happen. Um, and uh, I should have taken a break and stepped back or tried to reinvent myself. And instead, I just tried to follow up with the, with the, kind of, it, the song, put him on the glass, you know. And he said it, that that was, the, that was the worst thing he could have done for himself. So all this advice, all these things, and like where I'm at today, the inception of that was with Sir Mix-a-Lot. It was one of the most intelligent human beings if you ever had a chance to talk to him i have he's, he's incredible incredibly he intelligent incredible. it's insane you know it's insane but he taught me all these things and which is passed down from rick rubin so i'm getting all this knowledge you know from him and then working with uh barrett martin from screaming trees after that got me in in the, the the circles with the grunge dudes and i learned a lot from those guys too man you know so it all came together do you really feel is that seattle history with jimmy and of course grunge and mix like is that embedded in you? Like, do you feel it? Is it really like a community there and a history and a legacy? Yeah, I, yeah. I really do. I really do. I feel like that I would be doing myself a disservice if I didn't represent the sound of the place like I was born and raised, you know? Right. I mean, we, all these regions resonate with the sound of the region, you know? And so yes. like, like, it would make no sense for me to be some Seattle kid and then try to sound like I was from New York. Or, <laughs> right. It's that authenticity. It's That's real, right. Man. You got to keep it real. You got to keep it real. And that's the sound of my neighborhood. You know, I grew up in Jimmy's, Jimmy's neighborhood. And so another story, I don't know if you know this story too. It wasn't just like the, the before Sir Mix-a-Lot even took a hand in my music. Um, the Hendrixes were the first ones to, to put me on, you know? So I, I got close to the Hendrixes because I used to play. This is, my stories are so fun. I call, oh myself my the, God. I call myself the slumdog millionaire of rock and roll. You know, this, <laughs> <laughs> I love this poor kid who like ends up in all these like these situations. I'm like poor and broke, but somehow I ended up like, meeting up with the fa the Hendrix family on this really avant-garde way, you know, like, so what happened was every Thursday night, I used to play at this place called Escada Bistro down in Lower Queen Anne. And um, it was owned by this cat named Troy Wright and Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp owned the place too. So me and Sean Kemp became good friends doing this as well. Uh, but every Thursday night I used to play down there. And um, I come to find out that Troy is actually 
uh, the ex-husband to Janie Hendricks. And so Troy's, Troy's son, his name is, is Austin Hendricks. And so me wow. and Austin got really close. And before Sir Mix Lock got involved, before any of that happened, Austin gave me a phone call to come and be the guitar player and open for Janelle Monet in a group called <sighs> Deep Cotton. And that is what, what gave me the bug even to become a, a, an artist at all. Because before that, I was just playing music. And since then, the Hendrixes have been behind my, my, on my side the whole way through. You know? That is incredible. Yeah. Talk about the full circle of love and support and rock and roll. Yeah, go look at, if you go look at uh, my music video for Filthy, that's why that, that we got that image because the Hendrixes were, were, were back oh on stuff. God. They got the image of Jimmy on the TV because they were the first ones, man. They were, they've been there for me the whole time. I mean, when I went number one last time, uh, I got this really beautiful email from Jamie. Janie Hendrix was the first person to hit me up. We're really proud of you. The Hendrixes are here for you. We love you. You know, like it was beautiful, man. You know, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. My son's name is Cole Hendrix. So obviously, so cool. this story is really <laughs> resonating with me because we are a Hendrix worshiping family. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I did not know that. That's incredible. Yeah, the Hendrixes put me on. I mean, so I am. I am the legacy of of oh. the the, the Hendrixes. I'm the legacy of the grunge music. I'm the legacy of the Seattle sound in terms of you know when it comes to Sir Mix a Lot. I carry all these guys with me as I carry the torch and rock and roll. You know? God, that's incredible. Yep. I'm done here. No, I'm kidding. I'm like, that is, that's just an amazing story. Yeah. And I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, you know, child of the state. I feel like that was, the, that was, even though you had music out prior to that, I mean, that was really the album that really changed everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that experience like and being a big machine and sort of this neck, that next chapter of your life. And by the way, that only came out, I, what we're talking like two, two, three years now. Two now, yeah. It's, two, it's like two. Like think about how much you have done Dude. in such a short amount. Of, obviously, you've been doing this your whole life, but yeah. I mean, like this whirlwind. Yeah. Um, yeah. the last two, three years. I mean, mm -hmm. you've been nonstop and and achieving and yeah. achieving and achieving. So. Let's talk about that album for a second, because yeah. of course it was Take Me Away, and then it was Mercy. It went to number one. I love Supercharge and Spinning Circles. Yeah, I, love too, I love that. So that, that whole album. Yeah. I feel so grateful I got to like be part of that chapter and that journey to just, I wanted to help you get in front of as many people as possible, because I knew how special you were. Yeah. Um, what was that era like, that era two, two years ago? Yeah. At what point did you realize, okay, like, Things are a little bit different now, you know? I would say probably right after Mercy. I mean, Take mm -hmm. Me Away hit hard too. Yeah, it did. Um, and that hit, I mean, it, it just, I mean, I got signed in May of 2020. Take Me Away came out that summer. And then immediately, Joe Rogan had, had said something about it. Like two times, it mentioned me on his show. And that's when I kind of, it kind of hit me. And I, I don't know if it really occurred to anyone else in my camp or even myself, because we're, we're all sitting on our couches like, oh, that's cool. Joe Rogan said something. But like, how does that happen, you know, as a brand new artist in rock that someone immediately grabs onto your music and then puts you out there? And so like, that kind of hit me then, but it wasn't until Mercy hit and then I got out to tour. Mm -hmm. uh, Mercy had gone number one. It was June. And then two months later, I was on the road. And I think that's when I noticed, really, really noticed, like things were just like different after that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was a life-changing record in a right. lot of different ways, you know. Um, and I just remember just like the way that I would get around industry folks and they'd be freaking out and I'd be around, you know, fans and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know anything, I man. I'm just some kid from Seattle, man. I was sitting on my couch changing poopy diapers. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything, you know? And so I get out there and now, now I'm, I'm like, you know, industry folks who like, these are celebrities I would, I mean, I never forget like, like when, um, Dave Draymond comes into my green room and he's like, yo, man, I'm a big fan of yours. I'm like, yo, who's this bald guy, man? Who's this dude here? And they're like, yo, that's, that's the dude from Disturbed, man. I'm like, what is going on in my life Aww. that the dude from Disturbed is coming to say what's up? You know, what's happening to me right now that like I'm jumping on these tours and then all of a sudden I'm open for the Rolling Stones. So, like this, that's when I yes. knew it. Yes. That's when I knew that, that this, this record was onto something different. And we're still catching up to those moments right now yes. as we're going into some more success, you know? So like it, that, that's when I, I kind of knew it was after that first record when we hit the road and, and then three months later, the Stones call us up. It hits in France. It hits. I went number one in in, in Germany. You know, and, and like it just everything kind of just did this really sudden rise for me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Now sometimes such a sudden ascent can kind of do a number on you. Mm -hmm. You know, and it could be really overwhelming and consuming and confusing. Yeah. How did you and continue to navigate all that? 
Uh, I didn't do too well in the first. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. it was it was really hard for yeah. me, and it was hard on my family. I mean, I was all of a sudden you 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 go from like thinking, oh, I want to be this rock star, to like you're living in sex, drugs, and rock and roll now. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to do about it? You know, right. and uh, you know you're long you're away from home at long times. So you don't you can't you have a hard time deciphering who your friends are versus oh, yeah. who people that are trying to party with you. If you've never experienced that, if you don't know what it's like to like to be like, oh man, you just, normally you can meet someone at a bar and decide whether you're going to be friends or not. No, whether right. you can go out and meet meet people in the pub and decide you're going to be friends or not. But like you're going into a situation when you ask this person hey what do you do oh yeah I'm, I'm a teacher you know i teach preschool i'm an accountant i'm this what do you do i'm the number one artist in rock and roll this week mm-hmm. so now what's the conversation going to be what's going to change in your life like I've, I've been in rooms with my crew and watched everyone the whole room change and they find out who you are you know mm-hmm. and so navigating those waters was a little difficult for me but i i'm so thankful to have a loving forgiving caring wife at home and a family that keeps me grounded when i come home you know, yeah. because um, if it wasn't for that, man, it would just, I would just be in the stars and like caught up in, in a whirlwind of, uh, of things that, as you know, that, that consumes people, the fame yeah. consumes you. It, it'll, it'll eat you alive if you're not ready for it, you know? And so luckily I, I, I was tethered to this person at home so that when I got home, you know, yeah, she would give me a little crap. She would, she would, you know, can we swear on this? Can we talk? Can we swear on this? Yeah. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. She give me shit. All right. Yeah, yeah, she'd be like, yeah, you're yeah. an asshole, Aaron. You've been acting like an asshole. You've been. You've I been, love that she calls yeah, you out on yeah, it. Yeah. She. <laughs> but she definitely did, and she's a sweetheart because she's not a very aggressive person. She's yeah. Very, she. She's more passive than anything. She doesn't want to get into argument or confrontation, but she. She certainly called me out on it. Dude, you're gonna ruin your family. You need to slow down. You need to figure it out. Okay. You need to, you know, do all these things, and was able to forgive me and see it for what it was, and we could. We're still able to move forward, but it was hard. It was hard, and, and it, it was that reset. And I came to her, like vulnerably came to her, and just opened up to her about everything, and and we had to find a new way to do it, you know. And, and we've been doing it. I mean, and obviously there's gonna be bumps in the road, of course. there's things you can't account for. You're gonna, you know, there's going to be moments when you you fall to your weakness, but just knowing that you're on the same page with your person that keeps you on the ground and and is loving you for who you are before all this stuff ever happened. It doesn't even care about any of this stuff. Yes, you know? right. That's what keeps me grounded and tethered. You know. She loved you and committed to you prior to all of this, mm-hmm. you right. know? That's and right. I mean, what do you think it is that's really keeping you guys aligned? Is it is it just, is it honesty? Is it communication? Is it just like the, the children? You know, what is it that's keeping you guys strong through this? This is, it's tough. Her, her, and, I have, her and I have this, such a deep level of love mm-hmm. for each other. Aww. Because even when she was angry at me, she wasn't like, she wasn't mad at me because she hated me. You know, her feelings were just hurt because I'm out there like living like a rock star and she's stuck at home. Right. Yeah. You know, so she didn't. To be some resentment. It's tough. That's painful, man. It's hard, you know. And so, you know, like that, she was never really. Like we had, we never lost. There's not a sense of passion lost between us, and a sense of loss, love lost between us. We we love each other so deeply, uh, uh, and are just really crazy. That's why we have so many kids. Damn it! It's like because <laughs> we're so crazy about each other, you know. And it's like that's what keeps me going. It really does, and it keeps me pushing forward. And and also the, like the friends I make on the road too, man. I mean, there are people that like you know you, you have these little small communities everywhere you go, and you maybe maybe not all these people are your friends, but they there are there are a number of people that do love and care good about people, you good that you people. can call when you when you want to see them. And you need to see them, and they'll just give you know give you a big a, a hug and a shot of whiskey until you're doing fine patting the butt and get your butt on and keep moving you know yeah, like, those are the great. people that keep me going too that's fantastic yep. besides being apart from your family just in your career in general like what have been the greatest obstacles for you you have not had an easy path you no. know you continue to fight and navigate and, and, and forge your own path yeah yeah you know? you know i i you know i hate to put it out there because it's not really a focus point i want people to, to think about when it comes to me but you know being a black artist in mm-hmm. rock is certainly a path a challenging path at times you know I, I definitely have noticed that you know even and it's not even i don't even know if it's on purpose i don't think it is but yeah i've definitely noticed when when artists get you know with all that i've done if i was let's put it this way if i was a white artist and had, had accomplished all of these things that we're talking about in two years you've got you've got seven hits on the on the on the rock charts you got two number ones off of two different records you went number one you went number two you went number four respectively you know like if i said that as a white artist you'd be like oh man you're insane you're, you're killing it right now you're destroying it you know what i'm saying yeah. but i just don't know that, that 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 people expect to see a black artist in that role and so the expectation changes and i think the media coverage doesn't really follow the same you know mm-hmm. and so there are definitely obstacles to that and all you really do is you, you do what you've been doing do what your culture's been doing you keep pushing you know put your head down and keep pushing until you you force them to pay attention to you. You know of what I'm saying? Of course, yeah. absolutely. When you're on the road, which is so difficult physically, it's grueling, yep. mentally, emotional. How do you stay grounded and focused and sane? Uh, you just keep going. Yeah. You know, you just realize that, that that you're here for a reason. If it was easy, everyone would do it. And you've been picked from a, a special cloth to be able to make this happen for yourself, you know? And so I'm thankful to have a good crew around me. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, my, my, you know, I'm here with my, my team and guitar player, Matthew has been, been just wonderful. And, you know, I always keep really good people around me in my, in my inner circle, my close circle, and they keep me going, man. And, you know, it's like the hardest times that I have, I think the most challenging points of, of, uh, the night is when everyone's gone away and you're sitting in your room by yourself, wishing that somebody would call you, and, but it's already three o'clock in the morning, wherever you are, four o'clock or in some other time zone. And you're just like, man, I'm bored. I'm just sitting here by myself. And like, all the, the attention's gone away. The, the party's over and it's just you, you know? Yeah. And so I'm lucky to have crew members and, and cats that are around me that, that lo- love and care about me and want to see me succeed, you know? Like you've talked about, I mean, in just a couple of years' time, mm-hmm. you know, having two albums with Big Machine, you know, two number ones, numerous songs in the charts. Um, American Songwriter has called you one of the biggest names in the genre. You've opened up for the Rolling Stones. You talked about you shared stages with Guns N' Roses, Public Enemy. I mean, these are like, yeah. what, you know, moments does, are you like, are do you feel accomplished or do you feel like you've so much more you want to do? Like, where do you feel right now? Because you've accomplished so much in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Where's your headspace right now? Uh, just to, just, I want more, you know, yeah. I just, that's where it is. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the, the artist disease, you know, and it's like, and I'm a competitive person too. I mm-hmm. just want to. I want to push myself to get more. You know, I want, I see people's names up there. Like my, like my unofficial rival, Wolfgang. I'm just kidding, Wolfgang. I love you. You're, <laughs> you're tight, bro. You're so tight. That's uh, great. Uh, but you know, I see, I see, I, I do want to get up there. I, I, someone like Wolfgang watching his career, I, I, that pushes me to be like, man, I, I want that. So what do I got to do? What's the next level for me? You know, I've seen Wolfie out here killing it. Like, how do I kill it? Like Wolfie does, you know, how do I, how do I get out here? You know, like Guns does it. How do I get out here? Like the Rolling Stones did it. You know, those are the yeah. things that are always occurring to me. In my head, I'm always, I'm always chasing more, you know, and, mm-hmm. and for me, it's like, what, and how do you add on top of that? You know, I actually had a, a really great acting background when I was in high school. And if I wasn't so ADD and didn't graduate from high school, I was on track to like get into, get into college on an acting scholarship wow. and things like that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Yeah. I was a really great actor in high school, you know? So like, that's, that's one of the things I want to add to my repertoire as well is, you know, I want to, I want to do, I want to be more than just like a, a recording artist. I want to be someone that, that, that is in the figures of minds and the, the imaginations of minds around the world. You know, I want to make you think and imagine and dream, you know, that's what I want to do. Wow. You, you're a creative and you're an innovator. Yeah, I try to be. I'm, I mean, you are though, like, I, obviously I know so many artists in the space, um, but you create your own space. You know, you've really, you forge your own path, like I've said before. And, um, you know, how do you, is there someone whose career, who else that you aspire to be like, or is there someone like, wow, that's an interesting person. It, c- it could be a, a musical artist or not, you know, is there yeah. someone that you sort of look to? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know that there, there is these days, right. man. I mean, like all the people I looked up to are old or they're dead, you mm-hmm. know, at this point. And so, um, but I, like Will Smith was a, a person, yes. you know, one of those people that I, th- I can think about as an artist and, and who like became actor and did all these things and accomplished great things. I think Will Smith would be, would be a great one. I know there's a controversy around Will for slapping mm-hmm. Chris Rock, but you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, but as an artist, but as an creative, artist, yeah. yeah, that's the kind of person I look at and I go, man, you did it. And I, I have an affinity for all. I mean, Lady Gaga does the same oh, thing sure. too, you know? And like, so I, 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 I see these, these cats, they, they reach these pinnacles in music and then they take it to the next thing, you know? And that's what I want to do too. I want to, I want to reach a real pinnacle in music. I want to, I want people to around the, the country and the world to realize that like I'm, I'm of um, an elite class and musician and artist and, and deserve to be talked about in that way. And then once, once I can accomplish that, once I accomplish that, that goal, I'm going to move on to the next thing and try to bring that into, you know? Oh my God. I can't even imagine what you were going to do. I feel like, like right now, so you're on the road right now. Yeah. We still have this, this new album. Like, where do you, what do you see is next for you? Like you're, once the, once you're off the road and Oh, I'm, I'm probably gonna do one more album. You know, okay. honestly, I'm probably gonna do one more album. Um, and uh, and then we'll see after that, man. I might I might take a little bit of a break. Though. I'm not gonna lie, though. I might take a little. You little, should a little break, not a big one, but a little one. You know, and well, just, like, you do have the most off. beautiful family, yeah. and you have a you have a large family. I do, you yeah. have a lot of kids. I do have a lot of kids. That's right. I, I mean, it's such a beautiful thing, and yep. I love that you shared them with us and the pictures, and oh, they're yeah. just they're gorgeous. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. I love them all. You know, they're all they're all really really great and smart and beautiful and. And we have a really cool family. You shared this one video of your child when they realized that the pictures oh, were yeah. of you. I was like, that yeah. was so sweet. So our, our kids are named after birds, you know? Mm-hmm. My, so my oldest is Phoenix. There's Quinn. And then there's uh, uh, Raven and Stellar J. And then, and then there's Ronnie, who's Aaron Jr. He's, uh. he's like, who's the, the youngest, you know? But the one that, that video was of Stellar J. And Stellar J's looking up. And he's just he kind of putting the, the, you know, putting two and two together. He sees my picture. Oh, that's you. Oh, my <laughs> and, uh, God. Yeah, so he's been figuring that out recently. Oh, what a beautiful family. Yeah, and yeah. and your kids, they get along well and they get along mostly well. I don't yeah. know. The, the older brothers kind of tend to 
be a little bit pushy, but that's all right. I knew they're brothers, you know, oh, and they, they get over it. And I had, uh, my oldest son was kind of beating up on my, my younger son for a while. And I think it clicked on him when I said, dude, what would you do if somebody came and hit your little brother, man? He goes, I'd want to hurt them. I was like, yeah, dude, think about that. So stop hitting your brother. Exactly. <laughs> that's actually really good advice. Stop. And he, he don- I think it dawned on him. He's like, oh, that's my dude. I'm like, yeah, you like him, dude. You Aww. like him. You just think, I, he, was saying, he was being so funny the other day, because we were, we, I took him all to Disney World. We had a show at Disney World. So I took him all there. And, um, you know, we're sitting in the, in the back of the room because they, you know, they let, him, let him come to the green room. We had three shows and let him come to the green room between shows. And we're all sitting there. I'm like, I'm like, Quinn, how much do you like your brother? He goes, out of a 10, like a five. <laughs> and I said, dude. I say, yo, that come here, comes to my lap. He goes, and I'm like, yo, that's not cool, man. And he's like, he's so smart. And he goes, that's just my opinion, bro. You know, that's my opinion. I'm oh, entitled to my opinion. My and I was like, you're okay. <laughs> you're right. But yeah, I, it's like, true. And then he changed it. He changed his number. He's just like a seven or eight today. You know, so yeah, it just like, depends on the day. Depends on the day, you know? exactly, man. So, but they love each other. They that's all love so each beautiful. Other. Yeah. How has you know achieving some of your 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 dream, you know, to become a rock star? How has yeah. that changed or not changed your role as a father you know i i continue to learn as a father you know what i mean i think that and, I, and you can relate to this too when you yeah. have your first kid it's like a learning curve and i was funny because i was talking to my, my crew in the car and uh my guy matthew was telling a story uh no it was malachi my drummer was telling a story about how his dad one time punched him in the chest and it was like kind of too hard and his dad was like man yeah right? you know like you cool and it's like and he's like it's like because you as a parent you're not gonna be perfect and you're gonna you're gonna question and do things that maybe you would do differently again you know so i'm always learning as a parent i'm always trying to figure out how to like be a good dad and be a better dad. But as, as an, um, as an artist though, I want, I want to inspire my kids. I want them to, to want to pick up a guitar, or like do something great with their lives. You know, that's why we gave them all such unique names. You know, I feel yes. like as my name being Aaron made me want to pursue something to like make that uniqueness count, you know, but bring, bring some kind of like, um, equity to my name. You of know? And course. So, uh, I think about that all the time is like, I want to inspire these guys to be great and, you know, continue to just like be a good dad and, and raise them the best I can. You know, I'm like, I'm scared now because my, my daughter's getting older. She's 11, you know, and she's starting like, you know, become a woman mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't have any clout to stand on with her cause I'm a rock star and probably <laughs> have done more heathenistic things than she'll ever do. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm like, I don't like, I'm at this point where I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. Like when it, when you get a boyfriend, I'm like, I hate him. He has right, uh, right. tattoos and piercings and he, he, I don't like him. Right. So, well, yeah, of course he does. So do you. Like, yeah, for sure. What do I do? You know, <laughs> all you can do is just love, love, yeah. love, love. That's, love. All, that's, a, that's it, yeah. man. And take it day by day. You know, I, I've right. learned, I've learned to not, I mean, that's the longevity of, of even, even my relationship. It's like, we don't, we take things day by day. We don't, we don't look about, we don't think about what's going to happen 10 years from now. We right. think about, Hey, how, right. how can I make your day to day? You know, how can I make this moment for you right now? It's you know? beautiful. Yeah. Do you think you will have more children? No, I'm done. Dude. I'm <laughs> done, dude. I'm, I'm so offended. We weren't even trying to have this one. And we looked at each other. We're like, well, I guess like, this is it, you know, we're having another one. And it was like so quick too, dude. It was, that's the, that's the tough part about when you go on tour, man, you don't see your significant other for a long, long right. period of time. And then you, and then you come home and it's a short burst of time. Next thing you know, Hey, we got a kid again. Hey, buddy. <laughs> You know, it's like, so we have, we have a kid, we have two kids under two at home right now. And oh just, it's my like, goodness. It's a zoo, man. It's a it's zoo. It's a zoo. I always say we're not parents, we're zookeepers. Dude, and I, I have, say this all the time. I have this beautiful house, you know, it's like 4,200 square foot, six bedroom house. It's beautiful. And it's like the first anything I've ever had in my life that I'm like, oh my God, this is mine. I'm so proud. Oh. And there's toys everywhere. Oh yeah. It's destroyed. Just everywhere. Destroyed. I can't even, I, there's toys every, on every single floor. Yeah. Every, every inch of space. Yeah, dude, so I'm over it. <laughs> even, even if you attempt to clean it up within five minutes, it looks ho- horrific again. Terrible. Yeah. It looks terrible. It looks, <laughs> it's terrible. You're making me feel better uh, because our yeah. house is always a mess. Oh, uh, man, if these cats, like, I, I'm trying to be all cool, like, you know, on, in public and stuff. I'm all blacked out wearing Chanel sunglasses. But if you cats saw me at home, you'd be like, oh, wow, you're, you're, a, you're, a, you're, a, you're a, you got male pattern baldness and you're changing diapers. Yeah. Yeah, you know dude. what's cool though? Being yeah. real. Yeah. Being absolutely, absolutely. real. Absolutely. And being able to do both, to be able to be a rock star and be present for your fans and also present for your family yeah. and showing up and being able to do both, mm-hmm. like that is being a rock star. You're learning how to flip the switch too. You know, and that was that was really I mean, we talk about the difficulties yes. of touring. The hardest part for me on, the, on those first big tours, and we were wild. I mean, we were out all of a sudden you're hello, you were sitting on your couch, you're nobody. The next thing you know, you're one of the biggest names in rock right now. Right. All of a sudden your life is just like a I mean, the things that were coming out of 
us, the things that we saw and did. We were just like, this is wild and crazy. And I would come home and my wife was like, what is wrong with you? I would be home trying to party and kick it, you know, out until all hours of the night and yeah. stuff, you know? And she's like, what's wrong with you? So learn how to flip the switch, man. Learn how to come home right. is, is actually like a skill that, that, Every touring artist has to learn. How do you learn? How do you get reassimilated back into regular society after being a part of this circus, you know, for however long you've been a part of it, you know? You're absolutely right. And think about it. You come home to a family and so many artists, if they don't have a family mm-hmm. and they come off, they don't have that high from being on stage and the, and the adoration Chase it. and they come home and it's quiet. Yeah. You know, that's a hard adjustment. And you start chasing that party again, that's you know, right. start chasing that feeling. And so like, and if you don't have people to, to, to hold you down, you'll get stuck, man. And I, I remember that feeling that those first few tours, man, I'd come home, I'd just be wilding out there trying to party and chase that feeling. And you know, and I, I was just, I, what it was doing, it was taking too much for me as, as an individual, my energy and my health were starting to wane. And then, you know, it was putting more pressure on my wife. Like, even if I'm home, like you now you got to take care of me and, and, you know, these, these three other kids. So I had to learn how to just like, yo, chill out. And I, I still kick it when I get home, but I, I make sure to spend like a week or two straight, just like with the kids and like sure. helping out. And I, I always tell my wife like, yo, it's Friday, this Friday, I'm going to go out and kick it. I'm probably going to be out till like yeah. seven o'clock in the morning. You won't see me. Sorry. I've got to right. get this out of my system For right sure. now, you know, but I've learned how to just balance it all out. You know? That's, and yeah. that is a skill. Yeah. Like that is a real skill. Yeah. Yeah. So when are you working on music? If you're not on the road and you're not being like full-time family disconnected, like when does the music, the songwriting come in? Like what's your process? Yeah. You know, I'm always writing ideas down okay. and I have so many different songs. I think that no one's even really ever heard too, you know? So I have a, a huge bank to, to, to choose from and a bunch of rewrites and re- recompose and arrangements and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, for me, it's really about locking myself in a room and, mm-hmm. and making it happen when it comes to that time. You know, when I get in songwriting mode, it's a different to flip the switch, you know, because we only have so much energy to give to what you're doing. Right. And then the way I'm touring, I mean, literally yesterday I flew in from, I was in Baltimore yesterday morning, you know, mm-hmm. I, and I did a morning show in Baltimore before I flew out to yeah. LA and got into LA like last night at midnight was up till three o'clock in the morning because my body's all freaked out. And yeah, then, of course. And then woke up at eight for no reason at all just yeah. to get ready to do this stuff, you know? So like, there's no energy really to focus on that right now. So my focus comes like when, you know, when I sit, I sat in that room with Marty Fredrickson and Scott Stevens and we sat there and really talked about what's happening in life. And that's why Chronicles of the Kid turned out the way it did you know um I, I feel like child estate was about the past but chronicles of the kid was when i, I would come off a tour and sit in a room and talk about it you know mm-hmm. what's happening in your life and these are the things that were happening it was it was sex drugs and rock and roll were happening in my life and i had to figure it out and it was something that was really great and at times it was really detrimental you know yeah absolutely yeah. it's great that you found your sort of your musical team um that can really help you sort of Get your experiences oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. We, I mean, we you know me, me and, and and Marty and Scott were sitting on our second number one together right now. So it's yeah. like this team has really been working well together. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow, I can't even like imagine like what you're going to do next. Um, do you ever think about doing collaborations? All or? the time. All the time. I mean, I've, I'm always calling my team. Like, yeah, we got a collab. We got a collab. We got a collab. We got a collab. It would you know? be like a dream collaboration oh, for you. No, right now, I think the dream collaboration for me right now. Is and it's probably and it's probably doable too. It's probably Demi Lovato. I know, and I know awesome. she's it's been yeah. a lot of flack recently because people, you know, people are very purist about rock and roll. Uh-huh, so right. pop artist comes over to rock, like, what are you doing? You're hurting the genre. Yeah. You, know, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'm always open. I, I, I love when cats like Demi come along, and you want to, yeah. I want to hear that rock experience that she has. And For it would sure. be cool to like to sit with her and collaborate on something cool. I think that's awesome. I've also, I've also, I've always been a huge fan of Demi. I mean, you know, yeah. I just I just think she's she's a great artist and everything about her. Is just wonderful. So for sure, Demi, if, I you're, love if you're seeing this, I'm Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it out there because I actually really love this idea. Yeah, I actually love when non-rock, conventional rock people come and, and embrace their love Me of too. rock. Me too. We're all music fans. We all love a lot of different things. Well, you know, you know, you know that's where my sound comes from too, right? It was it was because I, I was I, I was so obsessed with Michael Jackson as a kid. Yeah. But I was also growing up in the 90s during crunch and like the post crunch. I loved love rock and roll. And I was like, what if Michael Jackson like was the head of like of, of a hardcore rock band? What would happen then? What if he took that Motown sound and mixed it up with like a grunge band? What would happen? You know, that's where my sound started from. So if you listen to my music, that's what I'm, I'm trying to do is meld these worlds together. You know? Absolutely. I 100% hear that. Yeah. And also, what was the first song that you played on guitar? Because I read uh, "Fly Away" was the first song I ever played on guitar. Yeah, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz, who is one of my personal favorites, another icon of fusion of of taking so many different influences, sounds, and textures. We talked about, you know, I mean, he's so he's so one of a kind. Absolutely. So I love that for you, whether it was Prince or Jimmy or Michael Jackson, grunge, Lenny. I mean. 
all of these people have, everything has been an, a, an amalgamation of everything that they've inspired them. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, I, that's that's what I love about those artists, though. They brought these things into, they brought the, their background, their culture, and put it in, and infused it with all these other genres of music that were happening at, the, at their time and, and just made it happen, you know. It's yeah. literally the definition of rock and roll. It though. is the definition it's of rock and roll. Literally the definition that's, that's of rock and roll. I call myself the Slumdog Millionaire of rock and roll. I, love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. You know? Oh my god! Let's do deep cuts. Yeah. Name a song, album, or artist that changed your life. Oh, song, album, or artist that changed my life, man. Um, it's really cliche, but "Smell Like Teen Spirit" was one of them. Actually, you know, and, and I probably wasn't even "Smell Like Teen Spirit." It was "Know You're Right" was one of them that that really hit me. Wow. Yeah, "Know You're Right" was one of those songs yes. that like that really that really changed the altered the path of what I w- I was to do. You know, because like I don't know, it just hit me differently. But also, I mean, I had to throw Michael Jackson there too. It's it's like yeah. toss-up. It's such a hard one to do, but I think Michael Jackson would be the artist that did that for me. You know, and, I, and everything that he did, and it really wasn't. You know, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Michael was a great singer. But it wasn't his singing that did it, you know. It was his delivery that did it for mm-hmm. people. You know what I'm yes. saying? I don't know that there's been an artist since him that was able to convey an emotion in a song in the same way that he does, you know. Uh, and Absolutely that's not. I think that's what really did it for me was that was that emotion in his voice, and that's what I'm always chasing, always chasing. How do you how do you convey this feeling right now that you're having, you know, into the song? You know? He sang with his soul and his body and Absolutely. his heart. He gave everything he could. It, I mean, he couldn't even control his body. That's he crazy. had to like give to the song. I mean, it's just, you're right. He's, Absolutely. It'll and never be like that ever again. No, and that's what, and I'm always chasing that, man. I'm always chasing this idea. Like, like you know, we're, we're glorified voice actors at the end of the day, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's like, we sure, we all sing, but like, what we're really trying to do as recording artists is convey an emotion on this record that that hits you in your heartstrings. Yes. That's something that you can relate to, you know. And so um, I think that Michael was one of the best of them. What was your first concert? <laughs> Incubus, man. Oh, it's the best. That's so good. Incubus, Incubus, my boys. Like, I, I played Ultimate Frisbee, so I was always around like these white kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they, they took me, it, it, it was like, oh man, I was, and this, they really got me into rock and roll too. I mean, I would be on these long drives playing Ultimate Frisbee with these kids. So we'd be, you know, traveling from Seattle to Eugene. Hey, there's an open Frisbee uh, tournament in Eugene. No way. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know Eugene had Frisbee. Of course they have Frisbee. It's Eugene, Oregon, dude. <laughs> uh, That's incredible. So, so we had these long drives and we just listened to rock and roll, man. I'll never forget, man. You know, And they're more privileged than I was. They're all in private school and stuff like that. You know, And they, they really embraced me as, as their friend and like companion. You know? And so, uh, But uh, <laughs> I'll never forget it, man. We went to this Incubus concert. I was like 15 years old and I was wearing like, I don't even I was like wearing these like blue jeans, blue suede shoes. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> dude, do you remember those old like uh, like nylon shirts? They would print like tigers on them, you know. So of I, I was all flossed out. Of I've got course. blue suede shoes. I got these blue jeans and my and my blue and white tiger shirt. And I thought you I were was, not holding back. I thought I was the shit. Yeah, you're uh, like Brandon Boyd. Check me out. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And so I went to watched, went to watch <laughs> Incubus, and it was just blew my mind. I had never been to a big concert like that. You know, I've been like like some like Christian stuff at the church, and led through some Christian concerts and things like that. But like never like a real concert. And we were at the Key Arena, and I'll never forget that. That was one of the the coolest moments, man. It was just like, and they're an incredible band. Oh, it was another amazing. band fusing so many different things. Absolutely. You know, having a DJ on stage oh. and the table. I mean, it's like. They're another great example. Dude, if you listen to, I have a, an album, I should have brought that for you too, actually. They have an album called Audio Paint Job that you can't get anywhere, you know, because when we were getting signed, right. they had to, they, they repackaged everything. So they pulled everything, everything out, down. took everything down, yeah. repackage you, and they put you back out, you know. But I have, so I have a closet full of these Audio Paint Job records. And if you listen to this record, I have DJs and stuff. Yes. Like, I'm chasing Incubus. I'm trying to chase okay. this out, you know, yeah. which is a little outdated. Now. I mean, at the point that I did, I look back and I was like, what was I doing? I was trying to like, force these things to happen so let them ha- happen organically you know but yeah but they're part of your journey absolutely you know they absolutely. are they're important part of it because you can't become you until you've tried everything absolutely. to realize who you are absolutely you man. Know? so but Incubus had a big influence on me early on I wanted to be like them for, <gasps> I forever I love Incubus yeah, that's, it, I wonder do the guys know that story I feel like I gotta share that with them I don't know if they do okay. yeah, I, they, they, it was a key arena they were on tour with uh, it was Alien Ant Farm was opening for oh them. so good yeah dude and I'll never forget that man it was, it was a cool concert I'm 15 years old and I, and I like like, like I, one of my dudes was like the, your typical, like two thousands, you know, douchey white boy. I loved him, but he was like one of those, those, those dudes, you know, like one yeah. of those like, like American pie guys, you know, she's mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> 
<laughs> Meanwhile, I love bringing back to Michael Jackson, the alien ant farm, smooth criminal Dude, uh, cover. Oh, it was great. amazing. It was great, man. Yeah. I, it was wonderful. I mean, I'm never, that, 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 that hit back in the day. That man. cover was so, see, everybody loves Michael Jackson. Yeah. I mean, he's inspired everyone. Yeah. So my, my homie had, so my, my like, my like American pie friend had, had, had like slipped. <laughs> American pie friend. It was the first time, it was the first time he, I drank anything. I never drank before really. He goes, drink this, drink this, this bottle. He's like, it's mostly water. I'm like, mostly water. What's in it, buddy? You know? <laughs> So I'm like halfway drunk. I'm like, I, drink, I chug this thing, dude. And it's oh got vodka. It's like a water vodka mix. Yeah. You know? I'm 15 years old, 130 pounds. Oh like, my God. I was like, oh, this is wonderful. I love music. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. so that was my experience. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. If you were not a musician, what would you be? Oh, probably an actor. An actor. Yeah, right? probably an actor. I'm really obsessed with this. And yeah. I really want to see you go into this arena. Oh, I, I, yeah. was, I was a really, really good actor um, in high school. It's because, you know, I used to, when I was raised with my grandmother and, and, and my mom was really into this too but they would always watch soap operas and that's all they watched and I'm a little mm -hmm. kid you know there's no there's only one TV in the house so I'm like observing these I'll never forget when somebody first saw me act and they were like we didn't even know you could do this wow because I was watching the, these shows all the time and how serious they'd be yeah <laughs> so Sarah's, dramatic Sarah's dying <laughs> <laughs> That's she only has 24 hours to live. You're like Prince and General Hospital. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dude. So, uh, but no, in high school, I was, I was, I won the best actor award uh, for this drama. Every, I think every school has like a drama, that has drama, yeah. drama fest is what we had. And like yeah. panel of like these really prominent actors in Broadway and movies. And so like they sit and they watch and like, so I ended up winning the best actor award for my play along with like, a guy who actually went on to be a Broadway star, you know, uh, his name was Taylor Maxwell, man. And so that is, uh, that's, that was my path. If it wasn't for music. Well, yeah. It still can be. Yeah. It, it still, still can, can be. be. I, hope, I hope it will be, you know. What is something fans would be surprised to learn about you? Surprised to learn about me. I think, uh, I th probably how, how down to earth I am maybe, you mm -hmm. know, like I think being from Seattle is like, it's not like being from Hollywood or LA, you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I was talking to Duff about this stuff, McKagan, yeah, back in, in, in France. We were backstage at, at Hellfest and we're sitting in their little, you know, the Guns N' Roses area. And we're just talking about what it means to be from Seattle. Oh. We're just casual people in Seattle. We don't really do the whole lights in Hollywood and all that stuff. Although that's nice. That's why I'm wearing these Chanel's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But although that's nice, but it's like, it's not like, it's not, it's not who we are. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm always really approachable. Um, I try to be approachable to the fans and stuff like that to a point. I mean, there's obviously there's a safety issue of at some course, points, but yeah. like, I try to be approachable and loving and caring and open to, to hear from people, you know. If you could meet any celebrity dead or alive, who would it be? Oh man, this is a hard one. Dead or alive. Chris Cornell. Yeah. Chris Cornell. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be Chris Cornell. I think that would be the one. I, I could say Michael Jackson, those guys, but I, I, I'd still freak out. I think that. Me and Chris would just be able to talk and like have some things to talk about, you know. Absolutely. And I think Chris would be would be a good one. Are there words you live by? So after that first tour, um, I, I got really gotten close to to Zach Meyer from Shinedown, and um, I'll never forget we we texted. I said, "Man, I didn't really get to see you very much, but I love you, man." And like, we don't thank you for everything. You guys are so cool. And he sent me this long text, and the first thing he says, he goes, "Everything in moderation, including moderation." I think that was my that those are the words I live by. You know, like everything in moderation. Always keep yourself balanced. Uh, always make sure you keep yourself in check and check in with yourself, but don't cut yourself off from celebrating yourself to the point, you know, to don't, don't cut yourself off to the point to where you can't celebrate yourself or enjoy what you've built, you know, and have some fun, you know, but don't lose yourself in it. You know? Oh, that's, that's the best advice. It's the, that it's, is the greatest, it's the greatest advice. It's the greatest, you know, cause we work so hard, but you work hard too. Yeah. I know you work hard and like we work so hard. You put your head down so much. And there actually really isn't much time to celebrate yourself as you're going, going, going. And, uh, you know, if you don't take that time, though, it doesn't really set the marker for you. It doesn't create a moment that you realize, like, I'm doing it, you know? Absolutely. Perspective is key. It is. You always need to kind of, like, take yourself out, be in the moment, and assess everything. So you're actually living while it's happening instead of having it go p pass you by. Absolutely. You know, it's Absolutely. like... I constantly do that all the time. I use my kids as a grounding force, too, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know? Like if I'm just feeling overwhelmed, I sort of take myself out of it. Like look at my kids, focus for a second, kind of brings everything down to earth. Absolutely. You know? hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I, I, that, that, that's when I, we talked about that earlier, yeah. about how my family just like, they don't care about the right. rock star, man. They, they want to see you and they want you to just like put all that away for a moment, you know? And like they, they get that they are. I mean, my kids walk out in sunglasses, leather jackets and filthy hats all oh, the time. Like they so get who they sweet. are. But they're not, they're not cut. That's not, that's not who they are though. You know right, what I'm saying? Like course. that's just, that's just the name that our family has and the image that we've created for ourselves and not like who we are. We're here for each other and they, and they keep me grounded. You know? That's so beautiful. What do you hope to achieve next? Like you're going to come back. You said you're going to do another album. Yeah. Like where do you hope to see yourself? Maybe even in the next 
you've done so much in two, three years. Where yeah. do you see yourself in the next five years? Man, I, I'm hoping that I, I've found my way to the big screen at some point. Yeah. You know, at, at least a cameo on TV or something. I don't know. But I... <laughs> You know, I hope, I hope I found myself on the big screen at some point. Uh, but also, man, you know, I know it's cliche to say this, but it'd be nice to win a Grammy, you know, and, and like, and you, and you know how these things are too. Yeah. Like those, those things are definitely have a lot, a lot of politics involved and, and mm-hmm. a lot of smoothing and, and getting to know people and, and associating yourself in certain circles and things like that. But like to have that recognition would be, would mean a lot to me, you know, Absolutely. and so that, that'll be great too. But more than anything, man, I, I just like, I want to get back on the, on the screen. You know, I want, I want people to actually see me because like a lot of this is the first time you are the first person to actually have a long form conversation conversation with me and in a, in a podcast setting, like a face-to-face podcast setting. Yeah. I've done some online stuff. Right. You're the first person to do it. So cats are really getting to know me for the first time, really. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's awesome, you know, that cats really get to see me and stuff like that. So hopefully I can continue this. This will start a trend. We can continue of this. Of course. And find, our, find our way in, into the, the minds and imaginations of people at home, you know? Well, I have known from the start how special and unique you are. Thank you. That's so, so sweet. Anytime I can help get you in front of people so that they can also share this magic, yeah. I feel grateful. Oh, I, oh, that's so sweet of you. Yeah. I have so much love for you and your family and your beautiful, growing, large family. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are very fertile. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a blessing. It's a gift. It is. I'm, I'm 100%. I'm, I'm always, that's, I mean, all the blessings in my life, that's, that's the greatest I have right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you, Aaron. But thank you for having me. Aaron truly is one of the most incredible success stories, and I could not be happier for him and all of his continued and well-deserved success, and most importantly, his beautiful family. It is now time for my sound advice, new music you need to know on the Alison Hagendorf Show playlist. First up is Blue October, whose album Spinning the Truth Around Part 2 is out today. I love this album start to finish. It really exhibits just how talented and multidimensional the band is, as well as the high caliber of songwriting from frontman Justin Furstenfeld. It was very difficult for me to pick just one song to feature right now, but this song is one of the most beautiful songs I have ever heard, and I cannot stop listening to it. Listen to Blue October's Goodbye to the old days. Another band I love, Beartooth, have their album, The Surface, out today as well, produced by frontman Caleb Shomo. Caleb shares that this album is the story of my beginnings in the new world I've created for myself, one focused on health, self-love, positivity, understanding, hard work, and most of all, second chances. You can hear this personal change of his reflected in the music itself. I'm loving this one out today. Listen to Beartooth's latest, I Was Alive. Also this week is New Jersey alt artist Joe P, who will be heading out with Cold War Kids. Joe said this song is about the physical proof we leave behind in the wake of relationships. Every song of his is a first listen for me, including this one out today. Check out Joe P. Glass House. That's my sound advice this week. You could search for the Allison Hagendorf Show playlist wherever you listen to music. Thank you, as always, for being part of the Allison Hagendorf Show. New episodes drop every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. You can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can also watch the show on YouTube. I would love to hear from you, so please rate, like, review, comment, whatever you're feeling, and reach out to me on socials at Allie Hagendorf. I would love to connect with you. Let me know who I should interview next and what new music I should feature on my sound advice. Thanks again. I'll see you next week, and remember... You're a rock star.